Scripture says you were a little, created a little lower than angels. Okay, you were amazing. But as awesome as you were, the sky didn't erupt and angels didn't sing when you were born, did they? Maybe some of y'all did. Most didn't for me, at least. Angels can't find their way to Bogachet. It's hard to get there from here. But Jesus, when he was born, the sky erupted. And there were the heavenly hosts that came and said, Hosanna to the king. Hosanna to the son of David. His very birth began a storm. His very birth began that storm. That storm, they continued when he was 13. And, and his mom and daddy are coming home from the temple. And he stays behind in Jerusalem. And his mama goes looking for him and finds him at the temple. And there the high priest and the teachers of the law were amazed that this young man of 13 could confound them with his wisdom. He was a storm at the age of 13. And then his life continues. He goes and is baptized by John and God trumpets from the heavens. He goes and preaches and the Pharisee, like, go look at Jesus' life. We, we think of Jesus as this sweet, you know, bless Jesus, this sweet little heart. Oh, bless, sweet little Jesus. Go read scripture. Folks didn't like him. The Pharisees were always trying to kill him. The Sadducees were always trying to kill him. The Herodians weren't big fans of him. Even his own disciples didn't really understand him because you can't contain a storm. You can't make a storm easy to understand. A storm, Jesus says, the spirit goes where it wills. So did Jesus. He goes where he wills. And they struggled to understand him. Because he was this storm. So, y'all, let's not make, if you don't understand God sometimes, if it doesn't always make sense, that's okay. A God that I can always understand is me, not God. When God's hard to understand sometimes, that's kind of par for the course. He's supposed to be. He's God. And we don't always understand him, y'all. But just because you don't understand him, And just because he doesn't make sense at that moment doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. In fact, the disciples followed Jesus from the moment he he began his ministry. And half the time, they had no clue what he was doing. And it's okay. Our job is to follow him. But in following him, it doesn't mean we're going to always understand him. When you don't know the future... Hold tightly to the one that holds the future in his hand. So Jesus was a storm. But see, here's the thing. It wasn't just Jesus being a storm, but something is fixing to happen in Scripture. Something huge is fixing to happen. Because there's this great verse in the Gospels, and Luke's Gospel puts it like this. The old King James says, he set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem. Jesus Christ, as Holly said during the children's moment, knew he had come for this purpose. Not just to show us in some ethereal way that God loves us. He came to show us God's love on the cross, that God loved us enough that he gave his son that whosoever believed would not perish. God's love was that big and that ginormous that Jesus Christ went to the cross to show us how much we are loved. And y'all, of all the moments in history, of all the moments in history, nothing changed the course of the cosmos. Like Good Friday to Easter Sunday morning. That was cosmic changing. Because here's the deal. When Adam and Eve fell, when they ate from the tree they should not have eaten from, it messed everything up. 
Not just within our own hearts, within our own souls. You know, Paul says in Romans 7, he's, in Romans 7, Paul nails it. He says, the very things I should not do are the very things I do. And the very things I should do are the very things I do not do. Like, we always are tempted and drawn to things we shouldn't do. I tell folks, no one's tempted to eat broccoli. You're like, ooh, no one's looking. I'm going to eat that entire stalk. What does broccoli come in? I don't know. Bushel? I mean, eat this entire bushel of broccoli. Hey, no one's looking. Cheesecake. You know, we're tempted to eat cheesecake. We're not tempted to eat broccoli. No one is tempted. There's no voices. Hey, hey, tomorrow morning, when nobody's looking, get up early and read your Bible. You're not tempted to read Scripture. But you're tempted to sleep in. Hey, 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 hey. Go to church Sunday. We're not tempted to go to church, but we are tempted to stay, stay away, aren't we? You know, the very things I should not do are the very things I do. And the very things I do are the very things I should not do. That's our human condition. And we live in a world of sickness and illness. We live in a world where, where, where we battle disease and fear and addiction and all these type of things. And so when Adam and Eve, and that, see, that wasn't God's perfect will. God's perfect will was not temptation. God's perfect will was not sickness. God's perfect will was not death. But when Adam and Eve ate the fruit... It all went downhill from there. But because God's a God of love, God was going to fix the mess that Adam and Eve made. He's going to fix it. Well, how did he choose to fix it? I mean, he's God. He could have snapped his fingers and taken care of it. But what did he do? He gave us his son. Suffer, die, and then be resurrected. To not only save our lives now on this earth, not only to save our lives one day for heaven, but, but, but to fix the problem of human pain. Because here's the thing, y'all. What I, want, what I want as a pastor, what I want as a pastor, what I want as your friend is for you to never suffer. Boy, howdy, I'd love that. I would love to never have to console a broken heart ever again. Boy, that'd make me so happy. But the reality is, that's not the world we live in. In this side of glory, there is going to be suffering. This side of glory, there is going to be pain. This side of glory, there is going to be death. No, but church, one day, there's going to come a day when there will be no more sickness and death. There's going to come a day when no woman will ever fear abuse ever again. There's going to come a day when there will be no more hungry children. There will come a day when there's no more abandoned family. There's, There's going to come a day when God's going to make right all things that are wrong. And I can't wait but we're not there yet. We still live in a world of brokenness. We still live in a world of loss. How did God choose to fix that? He didn't run away from it. He entered into it. Aunt sang a song, and the team sang a song about Lazarus this morning. I love that text. Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb with the express purpose of resurrecting him. Jesus knew life would triumph. Yet when he got to Lazarus' tomb, what does Scripture say that Jesus did? He wept. Even though he knew Lazarus was going to rise from the dead, he wept beside the tomb of his friend. We serve a God whose heart is broken when our heart is broken. We serve a God who weeps and we weep. And we serve a God 
that neither life nor death nor things present nor things to come nor angels nor demons nor anything in all of creation can separate us from his love. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Well, how'd that happen? How did God do all this magical, mystical work? Through the storm that was coming. Through the cross and through the empty grave. God did not run from our pain as humans, but God through Christ entered into our pain so that we'll never walk alone. No matter how you live, no matter who you are, no matter what's going on in your life, you will never be alone. And God will never leave you or forsake you. Not because of you, but because of him. Because he is good. And his love endures forever. As scripture says, when he is lifted up, he will draw all to him. There's not a single person. Church, there's not a single person that you will ever meet as long as you live that Jesus Christ did not die for. That your coworker that you'd like to pray for by laying hands around their neck and praying for them really hard. We've all got one. Stacy, why are you looking at me? <laughs> Jesus died for them. The person that you love with all your heart, Jesus died for them. The person you can't stand, Jesus died for them. When he is lifted up, he will draw all people to him. Because he is a God of love and a God of restoration. C.S. Lewis says, you've never met a mere mortal. Everyone you've ever met is a supernatural being created for eternity. You've never met a mere mortal. We're all going to live forever. You know, the challenge is where life takes us from there. A storm is coming. Thunder don't lie. That's why God's voice came in that thunder today. Because a storm is coming. But it was not a bad storm. It was not a scary storm. It was the storm that was the life, the death the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it was the storm that calls us to live through him and live in him. Hmm. Will you enter into the storm today? Oh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I mean, life is found in the wondrous adventure of Jesus Christ. You can seek life anywhere else, but you won't find it. Now, uh, I heard a preacher say one day, nobody wants to get saved because we're all afraid God's going to send us to a foreign land as a missionary if we get saved. When was the last time you met a missionary who was miserable? When was the last time you met somebody living their life completely and totally for God's glory and is miserable? You ever met one of those people? 
I haven't. How many of us live exclusively for ourselves and are completely and totally miserable? How many of us live for our glory and for our purpose and for our life? But then at night, we turn the lights off, pull the curtains back, and it's just us, God, and our thoughts are miserable. We will never find life apart from the storm of God's love. Now, we'll live, sure. I'm not saying you won't live. But you won't find life. Today, thunder don't lie. There's a storm coming. And that storm is resurrection. Will you enter into it? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the power of your life, the power of your hope, the power of your resurrection. Oh God, may we enter into your storm with you. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We now come to one of my favorite things to do, and that's the joy of Holy Communion. See, our Lord, before he was betrayed, you know what I love, one of the things I love about Jesus? I love how Jesus takes the ordinary and makes them extraordinary. How he takes the common, just the regular run-of-the-mill stuff, and does something truly divine with it. Because see, the night, the night when Jesus was betrayed, he was eating a meal with the disciples. Just an ordinary, well, not an ordinary meal, but it's the Passover meal. Just eating a meal. And the meal had something that every good Jewish child for their entire life had experienced. Nothing out of the ordinary. Something that the Jewish people had experienced for thousands of years. No big deal. Just had ordinary bread. Ordinary wine. Nothing magical. Just ordinary. But Jesus took ordinary bread. He said, this is my body. It's just broken for you. The meal was over. Took an ordinary cup. Nothing different from any other cup the Jewish people had ever seen. He said, this is my blood. Hold out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you will in remembrance of me. So Jesus took ordinary bread and ordinary wine and poured out his spirit upon them and made them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we can be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood, by his spirit. He makes us one with each other. He makes us one in ministry to all the world until he comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Ordinary bread. Ordinary juice. That through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are reminded of God's presence in our heart. He takes the ordinary and makes the extraordinary. Just like he takes ordinary folk, just like me and you, and makes it completely and utterly extraordinary. Loving God, pour out your spirit upon these elements and make them be for us your body, that we can be for the world your body.